Hello and welcome to episode 957 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, July 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am rejoined by the wonderful Justin Mason after several solo episodes. Justin, welcome back, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I missed you, buddy. Missed you too, man. I hope you had a good vacation. I know you were fully unplugged. I think that's the right way to do it. I mean, if, if you had had the option to get on the internet, I'm sure you would have checked in more. But nature said, no, you belong to us for a week. So I hope it went well with the fam. Yeah, it went great. It, it's a little unnerving not having any internet, especially yeah. when you're kind of expecting to have a little bit of internet. Uh, so, yeah, that was a little unnerving. And I, I told you, you know, I got like banned from Twitter for a minute, um, which was fun for a tweet back in April, apparently, or something. So they did a sweep or something. One of my buddies got hit uh, for for something that had music in it too, and so they had to have done a big sweep to get a bunch of people. I don't know, man. I just think I think that's that's misplaced energy. Uh, you posted a funny tweet, you know, kind of uh, exposing somebody who quote unquote predicted the Joe Musgrove no hitter. But he predicts a no-hitter all the time for the Padres because mm-hmm. they don't have one. So it's like, you know, you keep predicting it. You're eventually going to get it right. So you did a little montage of that with the Sarah McLaughlin song. And then that comes around and gets hit several months later. And it's it's just weird. It's just weird that it would be months later. I had a, um Instagram taken down that, that had a meme that was like, I'm not even going to explain the whole thing, but had a song on it. And it gets taken down literally eight months after I posted it. I'm just like, what? I, I, I don't understand. But in your absence, baseball did happen. Not much, though, so it was a good week to be off because, you know, it was the All-Star break and everything, so you didn't miss, you know, a full slate of games every day. But we do have lots to talk about, including some things that are a little bit older that have not been discussed on this pod, so I figured it'd be great to get your thoughts. But let's start at the top with uh, Mookie Betts getting scratched yesterday from the lineup with his hip issue. And so we're kind of up in the air right now because, um, you know, he was going to be in the lineup uh, after leaving Saturday's game, not playing Sunday, set to return Monday, and then get scratched. So I guess the real only real question here is, I mean, if you have him, did you get him out of your lineup? And B, how worried are you about this hip for Mookie Betts? Uh, I don't have him. I don't think I have him anywhere except for in a best ball. Uh, not from lack of trying, just didn't ever worked out. Uh, yeah. You, you know, I well, dropped, you picked, you I picked, picked like eight, eight or later. And just, re- just never dropped there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's uh, a bummer. Cause I, I had actually targeted him in a few drafts or hope to target him in a few drafts. And he went early. Uh, so I, I didn't have to worry about getting out of my lineup. However, I'm, I mean, I'm always worried when my first round pick is dealing with anything. This doesn't sound like it's super big, like a super big deal necessarily, but mm-hmm. uh, injuries have just been so atrocious this year. I mean, you know, one especially of the, the stars. Yeah, one of the things that happened while I was gone was the I think the Acuna injury, right? Um, mm-hmm. So like that's uh, and that's devastating uh, for for anyone who had Acuna because you you probably took him first or second overall. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think. Outside of Garrett Cole, every first rounder has been hurt at some point this year. Wow, really? I mean, think about it. Like, it, I mean, has Trey? 
Uh, yeah, Turner missed a. He had, he didn't go on the IL, but he did miss some time. Missed with a few the, games, okay. Yeah, with I think either a hamstring or a finger or something like that. Same with like Jose Ramirez. I don't think Ramirez hit the IL, but he, yeah, he missed, he missed a little while with uh, I, I think a hip or something. I do remember that as as somebody. Um, he's my first rounder in the main. So yeah, I mean, obviously Soto's been out, Trout's been out, Degrom's out right now. We're gonna talk about him in a moment. Um, has Trevor Story been hurt? Yeah, Story uh, had an oh, arm yeah, issue. Oh yeah, he was elbow out. Issue. Yeah, he was uh, out for a Yelich legit. missed time. I mean, everybody. I mean, unless you yeah. took Freddie Freeman in the first round. Wow. Uh, it's, it's That's wild, man. It's just been an atrocious year for not just injuries, but like top-level talent. High end. yeah. Yeah, injuries. I mean, it's feeling like the NFL season as opposed to the <laughs> and the they're already getting season. going yeah folks, Ken makers yeah folks uh, pay attention to football no but uh that is wild I, I will say maybe that evens it out a little bit though right and and it always hurts when you lose a guy like that and the acuna injury was massive and that's really going to sting folks gonna be very difficult to replace him or even emulate some that production but I always say not, don't ever let that just be the reason, and then you throw yeah. in the towel. I think because I think y- one injury isn't the reason this year. You, Forty yeah. injuries can be the reason. Like, it, sure, sure. If they start piling up and you got four or five injuries, you know, two key hitters, three key pitchers. Uh, yes, at, at some point your wire is going to run out, especially if you play in a league that has like un- unlimited ILs. Mm-hmm. The waiver is even if it's a ten-team mixer and you play unlimited ILs, it starts to play like a freaking AL only. Because everyone's holding all those guys on their IL, there's nothing available. So that can be very difficult. I I think we're gonna be okay here with the uh, with the bets thing. At at worst, it would be like a, a minimum stay, I would think. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we'll see what happens today. It's not super actionable. I just wanted to bring it up and frankly use it as a springboard that you did to talk about the bigger injuries. So you, you got there even without me prompting you. Uh, but let's move on to the injury that that is bigger. And Jacob DeGrom is hurt again. He's back to the IL with his forearm issue. And, you know, staying with the theme of of high-scale or high-end injuries, DeGrom goes down again. Um, Obviously, he's been amazing when he's pitching. But here we are missing him again. And obviously, you know, replacing him is difficult. We're going to talk about another pitcher in a moment, so we'll get into some replacements. But I wonder, I think more so, if this affects your, your value of him Rest of season, you're going to be updating your rankings soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I did mine yesterday, but he was on the, already on the IL, so he's not on them. I don't, I don't rank IL guys. But what about next year? D- d- does all these little pile-up injuries start to impact where you're at for with the Grom for next year? I don't think it necessarily does. He's just too dominant when he does pitch. Yeah. Um, I mean, he hasn't had an ERA – Three or above since 2017. <laughs> and even that was still, you know, 353, 18, 119. That was his season. worst season. Yeah, with 239 strikeouts, 15 dubs. Funnily enough, it's that the one was year, the year he that gets he got 15 wins. wins. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So stupid. So stupid. I mean, but I, I'm with you, dude. I don't think it's really going to push me. You know, maybe he's two or three. But I'm not going to push Degrom down to like seven or eight, even as a 34 year old with a you gonna with a host of injuries. Cole. Yeah, see, you got some pushback in the Discord that if whether Cole should even be two. And I will I will address that pushback. Who uh, who do they think should be? 
it's not that they there's necessarily and I think this is the problem is like there's no standout person to put yeah. above Cole. Uh, but just with the lack of sticky stuff and his struggle since then, uh, they did like shove uh against houston when everybody else was benching him for some reason um that's ins- okay that's insane by the way i'm sorry i don't need hindsight to have said that mm-hmm. you, you are an insane person and you're bad at fantasy baseball if you did that uh, that's you're not I, bad at fantasy I'm, baseball no yeah you are you overreacted yeah, and that makes you bad like that you're insane <laughs> if you if, i'm sorry if you bench garrett cole i don't care who he's facing if you benched garrett cole you're bad at fantasy baseball. I don't care that Boston <laughs> and the Mets had hit him up a little bit. That is so stupid. It has no basis in in like logical moves at all. Again, it's easier with the answer key, but I was saying that before it happened mm-hmm. because you told me that people were benching him ahead of that start. So before I even knew he had a 12 strikeout shutout, I'm like – I, 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 that's peak over managing, man. It's just so dumb. I just don't get that. But yeah, he is the number one right now. And, you know, he's bounced back with two excellent starts against two good teams. I just think that, you know, we were, we were looking to overreact to those two outings. And I understand that they coincided with the ban. So it was like, oh, it's easy to panic. And we, and we laser focus on superstars. So stuff like that happens. And we go, you know, run all the way to the edge of the earth there. Turns out he's fine mm-hmm. and he's elite. So yes, he's my number one right now. And if I don't have Degrom number one next year, it'll probably be because Cole uh, is above him. That's it. Yeah, I can see the argument uh, for it. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to do it. I think I'm still going to put Degrom number one just because I probably will too. Yeah, start. I'm just to saying, start if places. I do, it'd be him. It'd be be cold. Uh, Let's talk about the other injury here, and then we'll get into some replacements for Degrom and this other guy. Alec Manoa goes to the IL with a back contusion. He slipped in the dugout. Um, And that just sounds painful because, um, you know, if it created a a contusion like like that, then you know that that was pretty severe. And could you imagine just slipping in the dugout and, like, smashing your back so badly that you have to hit the IL? I absolutely can because I grew up in ice, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I. you, it's funny you, you said that in Detroit. So like you instantly, totally. Yep. Instantly took me back to this time. I was walking home from school, going in the backyard, you know, going down the driveway there. It done. It did not look like an icy spot. And I literally hit like a, um, a movie pratfall where my feet literally go up above my head and boom, I smashed down. So yeah, I guess we can't imagine it because we grew up in weather that was conducive to I, it. I once, um, and this was somewhat recent, because I mean, I've been living in California now for over 20 years, or at least off and on in California for 20 years. Uh, but when I went out to Tot Wars the first time uh, that March, there was still snow and ice on the ground. And like, I walked out of the Airbnb I was staying at and like took one turn and like hit a patch of ice and like flat on my back and like jacked up my elbow. Yeah. Like I haven't even met anybody. Like, yeah, I literally had just Brutal. dropped off my bags at this Airbnb. <laughs> and just like, I'm just laying there like, oh, my God, I hope no one knows me right now. Like, just <laughs> so embarrassed. Uh-huh. So, yeah, no, I, I, I totally know what it feels like. Uh, you know, hopefully he's not going to miss too much time considering, uh, you know, there was some talk that he could still make his start. But. 
uh, yeah, I, um, th- it's a bummer. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a fun young pitcher and I think he needs, you know, more, as much, uh, as much time on the mound in the majors as possible to keep kind of getting his feet under him. Yeah. I mean, this, this really sucks because it, it, it derails a really strong rookie effort from Manoa that, um, you know, I think was running toward a potential, uh, AL rookie of the year. Yeah. You know, Adelise Garcia would have plenty to say about that, but I think those two were kind of uh, going neck and neck. 290 ERA, 107 whip with 52 strikeouts in 40 and a third for Manoa. And then, of course, the Jays really need him there. Like, he's he's become a big piece for them. And they, they're starting to put a little something together with, uh, with the rotation there when you've got uh, Ryu's back on track. Ray's been excellent. Manoa's been good. Stripling had been excellent until yesterday's absolute disaster. <laughs> Um, so oh, this looks to just be a 10-dayer a, a here. It, it, it should not be anything crazy. Um, I think they're just giving him some time to heal. I hope it's not something that impacts him. But that's two big guys there with DeGrom and Manoa that went out. Uh, let's talk a few replacements here and see who you like. I got a guy you know, that's widely available in ESPN, widely available in the online championship, and then a couple guys widely available in TGFBI, so we can discuss the different realms here. Tony Gonsolin, somebody I spoke about on yesterday's pod, by the way, had the worst like recommendation pod of my life. Um, I hope nobody went out and just like picked up every guy you recommended. Man, I, I, I'm like, here's, here's six starters I love for the second half. Tony Gonsolin hit. Uh, Ross Stripling, worst start of the year, like by far. One of one of the worst starts in baseball this year. Uh, Jose Barrios was mostly great until the very end there gets walked off uh, at the very end of that seven-inning game. So go six innings, five runs. But I was like, oh, sweet, cool. Just don't listen. This is an opposite list. Do the opposite mm-hmm. of what I say. But I love Gonsolin, so everyone can listen to yesterday's pod. They know where I'm at on him. How do you feel about Tony Gonsolin? I like Gonsolin a lot. Um, the only thing I worry about is, uh, like how deep is he going to go into games kind of moving forward? Um, and that, so it depends kind of on your format. If you really need, or, or what your team needs, like if you need wins or quality starts, those may be hard to come by considering he only has one win in his first, uh, seven appearances, uh, for the Dodgers. And he's only once gone over the five inning threshold. So, uh, but the, the pitches are building up. Um, yeah. With 72, 83, 80, the last three starts. Yesterday, you know, the walks came back again, and that was something I highlighted on that pod was he had the eight walks in the first two outings for Gonsolin and then had really tamped them down since. Uh, so, of course, he does the opposite of what I talk about. He it, gives up four walks. It was a really frustrating strike zone yesterday for both him and Gosman. Okay. Uh, I think that played into it a little bit. I mean, just – Really, it was a really, really bad strike zone. Like sometimes a pitch is a strike, sometimes it's a, a ball. You know, uh, sometimes he was given the outside edge, sometimes he wasn't. It just, I think that played into a little bit, and then he just was a little bit uh, wild, uh, especially in the zone, but uh, mm-hmm. outside the zone as well. So I think that was just a blip in the radar. Uh, you know, Gosman didn't have it either. Uh, yesterday got you know barely made it two three innings and it was pulled after the third so uh, I, I think that was just a kind of a blip in the radar I think he will be better I just 
who with for, the Dodgers, who knows how deep he's going to go consistently in the game. So sure, I, I, my, my my thing there though would be I don't know that they can afford to just consistently pitch him only eighty pitches. I think they're building him up here, and and like I said, now we've seen seventy plus the last three outings. And as long as he's not walking everybody, I think he should be able to get the requisite five or six the rest of the way. I know they're going to go out and get guys like that's that's obvious. They're not going to go uh, with the light group that they have right now. But and they're bringing I, up Gray, right? Yeah. And, and one of the things I really like about Gonsolin, though, is I think he's got plenty of gas left in the tank with the missed time. And I think he's going to be somebody that they have to rely upon. And we've seen how good he can be. We've seen him be somebody who can go, you know, standard five, six innings. So I, I don't know. I, I think he'll be fine there. You look at what he did in the final month last year, six, five, seven, five, six. Um, he is, he does seem to be like a 95 and under type pitcher uh, from pitch count. But uh, if he's not walking everybody, that should be fine. So I like Gonsolin there. He's somebody who's available in shallower leagues, 48% at ESPN. Uh, what about Logan Webb? He's 54% in the online championship. Those are 12 team leagues. So some wide availability in shallower leagues. Uh, how does he strike you? He's got a 354 ERA, 125 whip, 60 strikeouts in 56 innings. Is he somebody that the Giants are going to rely on uh, the rest of the way? As long as he's healthy, of course. I think they'd really like to, uh, as long as they're he-, he is healthy and they can build up those innings for him. Uh, I think this is a team that, or a front office that doesn't want to necessarily like be big, big spenders at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, and so if they can get something out of this, you know, 24 year old still, you know, currently on the roster, uh, I think they're going to be really, really happy. So I think they're going to give him the opportunity to, and I think they will kind of start to push his, uh, you know, pitch counts uh, a little bit more here over the course of the next uh, few starts to kind of give them some sort of uh, uh, confidence that he can go deep into games. Uh, and he's been very effective when he's been in. I mean, like you said, I mean, 354 ERA, uh, strikeout an inning, it's, it's pretty darn good for, for a guy who uh, doesn't have a ton of major league experience. Uh, and this rotation has been amazing uh, just in general this season. So really has. I think... I would take him over Gonsolin uh, just because That's I feel a little bit more confident that the Giants are going to kind of uh, uh, push his innings or pu- push his uh, uh, pitch counts a little bit higher faster. Yeah, I, I would still lean Gonsolin myself, but uh, Logan Webb has, has been unquestionably good and health is the only thing that's going to stop him right now. Otherwise, I think he's going to be in there every fifth day. And they like him. I know he was a little bit of a sleeper for some folks, and he has panned out on that sleeper upside. Did he not uh, introduce a new pitch this spring? I believe I a cutter. It? Yeah, and and that was generating some of that interest there. And you know the the strikeouts have spiked to twenty five percent, career high. Walk rates down a, a little bit, nothing crazy, but eight uh, percent. You like that eight and a half career. Um, and then he keeps the ball in the yard the last two years, 0.66 homer per nine last year, 0.64 this year, 59% ground ball rate. You love that, especially in that park for Logan Webb. So he is definitely somebody to consider. And I think he should be rostered in more than 54% of 12-teamers. Of I mean, I think at the very least, he's a team streamer. He might even be somebody that you're kind of setting and forgetting right now at the back end of your rotation. So I was surprised that he was only 54% in OCs. That's Logan Webb. <clears throat> and then the deeper league guys, 
um, at TGFBI, Kobe Allard is 44%, and Willie Peralta is 42%. Let's start with Allard, because I think he's got a little bit more <clears throat> staying power based on the skills that he's showing. He's been pretty solid. You know, Texas, nobody's really paying a ton of attention to their pitchers. Uh, hopefully no one's paying attention to Mike fulton after what he did. Oh, my gosh, that was brutal. Um, but a 406 ERA and a 111 whip for Kobe Allard, 22% strikeout, 5% walk. He's been pretty solid. A little bit of a home run issue at 1.6. That's a little nerve-wracking for sure. Uh, but he hasn't really had home run issues before. And a 14% home and a fly ball rate is not egregious. So I wonder – I mean, he is a fly ball guy, so maybe that's just part of it. But what do you think of Colby Allard in Texas and what he's been able to do this year? I think it's – the home run issue is kind of uh, a response to a change in approach for him. So, like, he's really attacking the zone this year. Uh, so you're it, getting the good walk rate, but you're also going to get the homers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I think that's just kind of the trade-off he's willing to make, especially pitching in Texas where it you know helps kind of suppress some of the homers. So mm-hmm. he's he's willing to kind of just, hey, I'm, I'm not going to put you on base. I'm, I'm going to go after you a little bit more. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, if that means I give up a homer here or there, then fine. And it, it's been working really, really well for him. Uh, and... Uh, like you said, like I think there's some staying power here, uh, though I think uh, part of that is the fact that he pitches in Texas, and he shouldn't be a guy that they're necessarily looking to move, considering he's a... Uh, uh, 23. Yeah, he's 23, going to be 24 here in a, in a few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, and he, you know, he, he, they've got him under team control until 2025, so uh, he's, he's pretty much in this rotation set. I think probably the only guy in the rotation currently that they probably, that is probably kind of like cemented in uh, either because of, you know, performance or trade. So, yeah, because obviously Gibson is, but he's going to be traded. You're saying I would um, expect him to be traded. I would be, be, come on. Uh, he doesn't have to be because he, he's not a free agent at the end of the year. No, no, I think he has to be from their standpoint, because why would, why would you not strike when the no. iron's hottest? Well, the iron was hottest a week ago. Before the last before you face a premium team, premium team. When you're facing a premium team like the Tigers, they're going to rip you yeah. for 13 runs in 11 in the third. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, buddy. No, it's just fucking brutal, dude. There, there's your first two losses, clown. Mm-hmm. Get to cut my grass. I have a short dog. <laughs> she doesn't like when it runs high. Get your ass down here from Arlington, cut the grass, and maybe I'll tell my Tigers to ease up on you. Back-to-back starts, dude. They've absolutely torched them. It's hilarious. I love it. And um, fuck you, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write down that timestamp so I have that. (laughs) Anyway, Allard, uh, we like him a little bit. Peralta now, speaking of the Tigers. Now, listen, he has been completely out of his mind. His, His hit suppression is off the charts. I'm I'm not asking you if this is going to last because of course it's not his bat. I don't think he has a BABIP. I don't I don't think it exists. <laughs> it's literally 187 right now. Uh, so he has a 164 ERA and a .94 WHIP, 16% strikeout rate though. So the craziest part about that BABIP is how much contact he's allowing. Now he does keep the ball on the ground 57%. We like that, but there's no way this can maintain. So here's the question. Does the regressed Peralta still merit a roster spot in deeper leagues, or is there a lot of pain coming down the pike? Mm, 
I think there is a fair amount of pain, but I don't. So, so do you necess- think the regression will, will be like an eight-run, you know, raw stripling outing, or like five runs in four innings, four runs in five innings, like a bunch of different times? Like, how, how do you think? I know it's hard to really guess, but like, do you, are you worried that it will be that big giant? one slap or do you think it'll be a consistent punch in the gut for three four starts for Peralta I think it's gonna be like one big like uh yeah I think it would probably be one big slap like he just he gives up so much contact I, mean, I know 90 percent zone contact percentage um he puts so many balls on the ground. It's just a matter of time before they start finding a hole. And you know that what will happen. It'll be like it'll be against like the Royals, mm-hmm. uh, and they will slap him to death with like yeah. twelve hits in four innings or something. Yeah, it, it'll start. You feel super confident in starting him. Yep. Um, and and it's just going to go poorly. So I I am not I am not rostering him anywhere, and I do not intend to roster him anywhere. Uh, me neither. So obviously Allard over Peralta. Um, you know, some people won't have a choice and you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, but I would be very, 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 very careful here with Peralta. Um, if, if you're putting him in as a replacement, I know he was a little bit of a big pickup this, this past week. Just, just be careful. If you get a couple of good starts, don't be afraid to jump out. Like you don't have to wait for this to Vargas rule as, uh, as Nick Pollock would say, which is, relates back to the Justin, Jason Vargas from ages ago when he put together like a whole half season of quality work before he finally came back to earth. This like would be say 2018s like ages ago. Was it just that quickly? I think it was. Yeah. Something like oh, that. I- to ask me, I would have said like 2014. No, it was it was like it was like a surprise no, season. 2017. A, 2017. I, I, okay. I yeah. think you're dead. I think you're dead. Well, you were one year, but yeah, much closer than I thought. He had a um, he had a 2.22 ERA through June, mm-hmm. and then opened July with back to back six earned run outings. And to your point of what could happen to Peralta, those two outings were against Seattle and Detroit, and I'm fairly certain in 2017 yeah. both those teams sucked. Mm-hmm. And and there you go. He went from 222 to 306 because he got hit and the, the opponent didn't matter. It was just a matter of the regression was coming. So just be very careful with Peralta. Um, two other injuries here um, that merited IL stints. Jazz Chisholm to the IL with a shoulder issue. This seems severe and this really, really, really sucks because he's one of the most exciting young players in the game. And then Brandon Crawford for your boys uh, hitting the IL with an oblique, which is also scary because obliques can tend to linger and be very disastrous. So um, first question with either of them, and we'll start with, like, we'll say 10, 12 league types. Are you cutting either? Are you going to ride out both injuries? Or or maybe it's one and one. But what, I, what, what, what are you doing cut-wise? I think if you're cutting someone, it's Chisholm. Um, okay. It, it's, it's, there's no, like tears or anything like that in the shoulder it's just it's just a bone bruise but they sound really really concerned about just how long he's gonna be out like it, yeah. this sounds and like they, this could potentially end his season and because uh, there's no reason to rush him they're, they're absolutely toast. despite um, a positive run differential um they're 40 and 54 because while they can pitch they, they can't hit and they just lost one of their most exciting young hitters yeah well and they've they're losing pitchers left and right too. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and they'll start to make trades as well. So, yeah, it, so it's going sideways for them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I'm concerned about anybody, it's Chisholm, the chance that like the injury itself could keep them out or the chance that they decide that, Hey, 
let's not worry about getting you back on the field this year. Next year is the target for us to, you know, start making some noise in the East. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I I think I would try to wait and see if there's a concrete timetable that does develop. Because when he's been on the field, he's been really, really good. I mean, 11 and 11 in, in 291 plate appearances. It's electric. Yeah, he's I mean, just a fun player to watch and root for. And you'd hate to give someone his September and watch him just go crazy. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, if you can avoid cutting him, you know, do that with Jazz. But if you have to cut one, I agree with you. I think he is the bit easier cut because his timetable could be lengthy. Whereas Crawford, they're calling it a mild oblique strain, and they're thinking 10 to 14 days is going to be enough. Uh, this sucks, though, because – uh, your Giants have two series with the Dodgers coming up, and they really could have used his excellent bat. He still has a 909 OPS on this season. He has been amazing. Uh, Brandon Crawford has, has really been, I mean, you know, outside of Posey, he's been the best hitter on the team, right? 18 homers, nine, yeah. that, that 909 OPS. So he's been the, the second best hitter. Posey did come back, though, so it was almost like a trade. Uh, they lose one, get the other. But, um, you're hanging on to Crawford through this couple weeks, though, right? Yeah, uh, I think you have to. I mean, he's just been too good. He's too good. Yeah. He has seven steals as well. He's seven for seven yeah. on the base pass. He's, and that's he's been probably insane. the biggest surprise. Contract year, baby, if, if you buy yeah. into that BS. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> some... He's going to get a 10-year deal at age 35. Oh, my God. The Giants are going to do that, aren't they? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's a long. He's he's a forever giant. Remember that picture of him rooting for the Giants as a kid, dude. You know, I, uh they're they're gonna miss out on Trevor's story, and Carlos Correa, so they can sign Brandon Crawford to an extension. Um, I will laugh. If I, that happens. I will cry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you have to hold on to him for right now. I mean, he he's having a career year. It's just it's unbelievable. It, it's unsustainable. It's uh, amazing all at the same time. Uh, but sometimes Giants magic trumps logic. Uh, True. Are you sure it's unsustainable? I mean, like, I, I think it has, it has to be. He's got 18 home runs and some solid bases. I'll tell you what, 34. Though, you know, he did put up a 209 ISO last year. He quietly mm-hmm. started to show this power in the 54 games he played last year. And so, you know, you look at a 19% homer to fly rate, which is high for him. It's actually a career high, but it was 18% last year. It was 16% in what was his career year before this, back in 2015 when he popped 21 homers. He's not running some egregious BABIP. Um, his plate skills are solid, 21% K, 11% walk. You like that for Crawford. I mean, the only issue, or not issue, but like the only thing that like stands out to me as a little unsustainable maybe is the, the, the seven for seven on the bases. But he's one of those savvy base runner types mm. that you know knows when to go. It's not about blinding speed all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if when he comes back from the oblique, he steals like one or two more the rest of the year. But I think the power has some legitimacy to it. I, I, I do too. I, I, I've kind of bought in on this season at this point. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you in some regards. It's just so it's just so jarring. It really um, is. Because he's just, he's never been this guy. I do think, um, and I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. Uh, I don't know if it's here or somewhere else. I, I think his, his, you know, his swing kind of works well with the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. It, you know, kind of, it stays level through the zone and then he lifts it. Uh, so, and I think the ball uh, flies off the bat a little bit better uh, than, you know, some of these guys who had like just, who have an extreme amount of loft to their swing, which he does not. 
So yeah, I do think it is somewhat sustainable. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, I just, it, it, it's nuts. I, it, it's absolutely nuts. Try to hang, hang on to him. You really should not be cutting team Ben and Crawford. It's just nuts. I mean, go look at their team on roster resource. Just look at their lineup. Uh, and only one player was being consistently drafted uh, off of this yes. team. And, and that was Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah, like, for sure. In a Bustabozian two-catcher leagues. It, it, but. Exactly. I was going to add that in. Yeah, he In two catchers, yes. But in one catcher, he wasn't necessarily getting picked. In and you understood. I have him, I got him off the waiver wire in a 14-team one-catcher league. So I totally get it because there was nothing to be excited about with a 34-year-old Posey. And he found his fountain of youth. Getting that time off last year seems to have rejuvenated him. He's been great. Let's talk some middle infielder replacements, though, for the folks that lost Chisholm and Crawford. At ESPN, Willie Adamas is only 67% rostered. I don't know, and it angers me, dude. Like, I don't care that they cater to the shower leagues. That's fine. He has a 976 OPS with the Brewers. He's a superstar with them so far. 11 homers, two steals. That's insane. So, I mean, if you want to add something, go ahead. But he must be picked up if you have him uh, available in your 10-team ESPN league. And then we'll get into some deeper guys. But... It boggles my mind, Justin. It boggles my mind. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything that. He's just been fantastic. He's been great. Since he got to Milwaukee. Yeah. Getting away from that batting eye that clearly was causing him trouble. He said it was causing him trouble. He was not Uh, lying. It was not an excuse. It was the truth. This is not like best shape of his life type thing. Yeah. This is, you know, I mean, he's going to have uh, a career season if you discount his Tampa Bay work. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He might even have a career season with it. Keep keep it in there, and he's still yeah. going to be so good. I think the rest of the way here that he's going to supersede what he did there. So He'll go get a an interesting guy to see where he goes in drafts next year. I I agree. I agree. I'll be pushing him up because I I love him. I will be. Too. Um, let's go some deeper league options then. Josh Harrison's forty one percent in the online championship, and Zach McKinstry's fifty nine percent in TGFBI. Speaking of founding youth, Josh Harrison's founded a bit. He's got five and five. In 322 plate appearances with the 282, 355, 401 slash. Not none of that's jumping off the page of like, wow, this is so great. But he's been a solid fill-in at MI for folks as like a band-aid for these injuries. I think he's the kind of guy you put in when you sustain an injury, not somebody you want to rely on for a long time. Um, and then McKinstry is back, and we're going to talk about another guy on their team who's on the IL that should open uh, playing time for McKinstry. He hasn't been so good since coming back off the IL, but uh, between those two, who do you prefer with Josh Harrison and Zach McKinstry? I, I think it's Harrison. I mean, he's eligible at three different positions, including both CI, MI, and outfield. That's very useful. Like, so valuable. Like, I'm I'm super surprised he's uh, he's owned so little or, or rostered so little in uh, 12 team leagues, online championships, uh, including like all of my 12 teamers. Which I, and is... I would have thought that he'd be on more rosters just for that flexibility that you're talking about and all the injuries that we keep talking yeah. about. Like, cause again, he can fill in so many different spots. You'd think that so- somebody would at least be kind of, you know, putting him in 
for their injured guy, then reserving him, then putting him in for their next injured guy. But no, he seems to kind of be one of those churn guys that people are sh- literally streaming, get their two weeks out of him, and then they cut Josh Harrison. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he's been really solid. With McKinstry, again, since coming off the IL, 205, 272, 386. Just a 250 Babbitt, though. He does have four homers and a steal in that time. He's looked a bit better um, uh, of late. 846 OPS over the last 14 games with all four of those homers. So I think he's starting to come out of it a little bit. It was some consistent playing time. I still really like McKinstry, um, but I, I'm not going to discount Harrison. I, I would I think I would still pick up McKinstry, but Harrison has really mm-hmm. uh, impressed me with what he's been doing this year. And he's going to play. I, 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 they don't have an option. The uh, Corey Seager might be back on Wednesday. Oh, Harrison is who I meant. Harrison's oh, oh, oh sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, but no, McKinstry's going to play too. We'll talk about. I mean, it'll be. I'm not going to hide it. But Gavin Lux, we'll we'll talk. He's on the IL, so we'll talk about that. Um, that's why I think McKinstry's going to. But even with play. Lux on the IL, uh, they're uh, they're still going to play him full time, especially once Seager comes back. Because Seager comes, per- Seager comes pretty back. Close to. Taylor is going to move to second, right? Um, no, I think Taylor will move back to the outfield and he and Pollock will share time. I, I think McKinstry will still play pretty regularly. Hmm. I don't know about because, that. Well, well, we'll we'll see what happens. We sh- we shall see how it goes. Um, I, I think they like mixing him in and obviously they like having Taylor and Pollock. The way they keep these guys fresh, though, the way they keep somebody like Pollock consistently fresh, especially at age 33, is by not playing him every single day. So he's been excellent. And yeah, but then you've think... got – they've also got to figure out ways to get Albert Pujols in. No, they uh, don't. But they have been – Against lefties. Against only. lefties, which takes Zach away – Zach McKinstry's a lefty. Okay, but – I'm not concerned by that. If he's a strong side platoon guy, I'm, I'm good. And so Pujols, for me, is not a roadblock for McKinstry in any way, and shape, or form. Everyone is a roadblock for Zach McKinstry. I mean, it hasn't been great since coming off the IL, but I mentioned last two weeks has four homers. I mean, you ignore him if you want, but I, I still think there's I there's shall. definitely something there. And uh, Betts could go on the IL and, and give him time. He plays everywhere. Like, he plays infield and outfield. So, I mean, ignoring him, like, it doesn't really make any sense to do that. But I still will it, do it. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you have a Dodgers bias that a lot. How dare you? Know, you. Makes you make terrible. I drafted a hell of like a lot more Dodgers this him. year than I drafted Giants. That's for sure, and well, that's worked out poorly. Wait, way, way to go! Um, all right, well, Mike Zanino left with hip tightness. Uh, we don't know if it's going to require an IL stint. He's been really, really good uh, this year. You know, and the fact that league averages are down across the board have has helped guys like him and, and Joey Gallo, although Joey Gallo is actually hitting better too, but somebody like Zanino with his 196, it's still garbage, but it's not as, you know, unrosterable as it's been in the past. Uh, so you can, you can put his 19 homers on your, on your team, especially in two catcher leagues and eat that average, especially if you've got some batting average coverage elsewhere. So we don't know what's going to happen with this hip tightness situation, but I also wanted to use it as a springboard to bring up the fact that, uh, Mitch Garver's back, homered twice, and he's pretty available. 31% at ESPN, 64% in the OC, 90% TGFBI. That's 15-teamers, so not as available there in two-catcher 15-teamers. But but Garver has some availability. Start with Zanino. Um, is he somebody that you've been 
looking to roster? Did you pick him up anywhere? Because he was he was available at the beginning of the year in a lot of leagues because people were not wanting to draft his terrible batting average. Uh, I picked him up to replace Garver. <laughs> Oh, wow. There you um, go. When Garver went down with that groin injury, uh, one of the grossest injuries I can remember in a while. Oh, man. Um, it was. I it just was... felt so bad for him. Me too. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem dropping Zunino, even though he has been pretty good. Uh, like you said, the 196 batting average sucks, but it's coming from a catcher, so you're not adding a you know crap ton of plate appearances to that uh but 19 home runs is insane uh and nice the uh the the league wide batting average for catchers is 224 so he's only 30 points below that um, i mean you know it, it it it's not it's not so bad but i in one catcher leagues i would i would preemptively drop especially like daily moves if you can mm-hmm. do it like today you don't have to wait to see what's up I would drop him for Garver. I would drop him for Max Stassi. Um, I might even drop him for Tyler Stevenson, yep. even though he's in a platoon. He and Barnhart are really running a nice platoon. But I might even do that. In two catcher leagues, I would only drop him if if, if somebody like Stassi or Garver was available. Yeah, I think I agree there. Uh, Stassi's unlikely to be available in most two catcher leagues. but Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Garver could be... Uh, if people didn't think he was uh, going to be activated this week, they might not have been willing to just hold him on their roster for a full yeah. week. So you I don't think... want to hold three catchers. No. So that's why he's sixty four percent at the OC, uh, the online championship. Those are twelve team leagues. So he'll be ninety nine percent next week. Hunt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with you there. Um, and then let's talk about a couple guys going out on rehab. Justin Upton and Luis Robert will be starting their rehabs. Now, obviously, folks are really, really excited to get Robert back. But uh, Jay up, you know, a lot of folks have been doing what they can to hold him in their 12s and 15s because of how good he's been this year. 14 homers, three steals, 247 average in his 63 games of work. But are you going to go out and try to try to pick him up off the wire where he is available and say the shallower formats? Yeah, I think I will. Uh I mean, he, he's been really, really good when he's on the field. Uh, it's just a matter of can he stay on the field, a guy who has dealt with injuries his entire career and is now going to be 34 next month. So, uh, I, I mean, I think he's, uh, you know, a guy that you should be scooping up and kind of just playing until he gets hurt again. Uh, yeah, and hopefully he doesn't. But, yeah, just, just ride it. The hard part is, like, they just have zero depth on that team to kind of give him extra days off here and there. Well, I think calling up Brandon Marsh and the emergence of, of Taylor Ward as being useful, I think will help them give him that, that, that random day off I, that they you're talking about. Cause I, I agree with you. What's that? They still need one more guy who's like usable. Uh, well, fish boy coming back would, would certainly help, but there's also, I've never heard of fish boy, <laughs> Adam Eaton, who they just picked up. I mean, he's not great, but he's a body that they can put in. And I, I think it gets to your point about their lack of depth. They're trying to address it. We'll see what they do at the deadline here. They're, they're still a, a fringe contender. They're one game under, despite not having trout for this long, they're, they're one game under, they have to be thinking that if they can get, if they can, you know, play at or just above 500 until he gets back and then get him back and Rendon, there's still a run here for this. I can't give up on them just because I so desperately want Otani and Trout in the playoffs that I, I I do put the rosiest glasses I can on them. But 
I don't think I'm. They're I'm one game over. under, but they're chasing the A's for that last wild card spot, and, and I, I think they're catchable. Six I like and a half games. Back that, of that. That flips. That flips in one series, though. If they, with, you know, with if, if Yankees they, and Blue Jays. Sure, it's not going to be Indians. easy. That's why they need Fishboy back ASAP. Yeah. But you know that they, they're. They're playing the Angels right now in a two-game set. They actually won yesterday. The, the A's did. They got another one now. And then uh, at the end of the month, right as they're approaching the deadline, those two teams have a four-game set in the LA. Mariners. What the hell are the Mariners doing? Hey, they're, they're arriving early. Like, we knew they had interesting young talent. It's finally starting to coalesce. Uh, Kelnick's back as well. I think the pitching is what's really carrying them because you look up and down the lineup and you're like, mm-hmm. well, how are they doing it with the hitting? There's a few guys in there that that folks liked and and have been good, like Ty France, Mitch Haniger. I think they were nice um, sleeper picks. JP Crawford kind of coming into his own a bit. Jake Fraley was excellent before he got hurt, or actually got sick. He's on the IL due to mm-hmm. sickness, so hopefully he can come back. I mentioned that Kelnick's back, but the pitching has really been strong. Kikuchi's gotten beaten up a little bit in his last two, but he still has a sub four ERA. Logan Gilbert has been amazing. Uh, Chris Flexen has quietly been very yeah. good. And I've the got bullpen, lots of Flexen. I, I like Flexen a lot. And then the bullpen's been very sneaky, no-name uh, quality. Like Kendall Graveman's been amazing. Dude, Paul are Seawald, they still going to sell? No, they can't. They can't. They can't. Well, I mean, they can, but it would. I, I don't know if they can. I think it'd be foolish. Like, I think they can do a little bit. Of what your boys did a couple years ago, what we talked about, remember? Where they, when, they make the minor addition. Yeah. And, and, but then they also traded Will Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they could maybe trade Graveman, which would be a hit. But just to make sure that they're like, you know, hey, we're not trying to give up all the way. And yes, this is our best reliever. But he's 30 years old and we have to get something for Because they can get a lot, dude. I think it's a seller's market. I don't think there's enough pieces out there. Um, at you know reliever and starter, and every contender needs those. So I think they have to at least entertain it. Th- this next week plus is going to be very big in determining where the Mariners are going to go. I believe. Yeah, I agree. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with them. Uh, but anyway, and then Luis Robert also going on on rehab. How much would you pay for him in the leagues? He's available. He's eighty one percent at the OC. So there's still some availability. All the money. You, you just you you going big right now. I you, mean. It- in a league where you don't have zero dollar bids, you have to you have to leave yourself something. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's available anywhere, you have to go big on him. You uh, should have been already doing it. On, yeah, you know, because uh, he was. I'm I'm so in tout wars. I got outbid like three weeks ago on him by like a dollar. Oh, um, that's so painful. And, and same thing happened with Eloy. Uh, so like it it was. Uh, just uh, absolutely brutal, but yeah, Up I mean, bids, boy. It, I mean, it just happens. I, I should have been, you know, especially in a league with IL. I should have just, I should have just stashed an unlimited IL. I should have just stashed him early. True, uh, but I, I stashed Ozuna instead, which uh, was a yeah. huge mistake. So, yeah, because uh, he's he's not coming back this year. So no, no shot. Um. So that being said, like, yeah, if he's available, go get him because I mean, Robert has the ability to be like a league winner in the last month of the season. Absolutely. Uh, so you got to go make sure again, we say it all the time. Don't assume, mm-hmm. go look, 
see what's going on on your waiver wire. You'll be surprised in some leagues where he's available and you can get Luis Roberts still at a, maybe a decent price. Uh, a couple pitchers working their way back for the Cardinals, Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis. Flaherty's going to face hitters this week. Miles is, uh, Michaelis is tracking for a rehab uh, later this the, uh, on the weekend, it should start. So uh, obviously there are different levels of of quality. Uh, Flaherty's an ace, and and Michaelis is you know eh, he can be useful. Uh, and in the pitching landscape we're in right now, any uh, arm is useful. He, he would he looks like an oasis out there. Yeah. So um, I don't think there's much availability for for Flaherty. So that's just more of an informational tidbit as opposed to anything actionable. But what about Michaelis? He is going to be available in leagues, and we haven't really seen him recapture that 2018 magic that he had. And it, it, part of it's just been that he's, he's, you know, allowed too much contact last year. But he did stabilize and eventually kind of got down to a 4.16 ERA, 122 WHIP. This year, 2.25 and one WHIP in his four innings, and that four innings is massive. So let's analyze that. I'm kidding. But <laughs> no um, home runs. He had not given up a oh, single home run. Dude. In those four innings. Uh, no, we, we we know what he is. You know, um, he's kind of like a more reliable Willie Peralta type, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I believe in him a little bit more than than somebody like Peralta. Are you going to go out and stash Michaelis right now? Mm-hmm. Or, or better stated, what league type would you want to stash Michaelis in? I, I mean, NL only 15. I don't even know if in every 15 team bigs. I think really? he's. I feel like yes in 15 is only because, like, what else are you going to get? Yeah, I guess. It's just. I mean, I think. What, what's he done? I want to see. I'm going to check what he's done in the minors in terms of. Uh, I don't know if he's pitching the minors yet. The the rehab starts this weekend. Oh, okay. I thought he's, he's... he's literally available everywhere. Like in I mean, the main in a, event, in an NFBC, yeah. If in, in an FBC league, can you even hold on to him until you know when he's coming back? Well, um, I figure you know if you jump. Oh, he has pitched a little bit in the minors. Twelve, but and a not third. since May. Correct, correct. But he was fine there. Um, you could jump now. Now you'd have to be in a position where you can afford to hold somebody who's yeah, hurt. But who's in that position? Everybody's got like three guys on their roster right now that are hurt. Like, yeah, but except some, for I mean, you. some people are. No, actually, I'm starting to get hit. Good. Pablo Lopez, I mean, no, Jose Arquidi, Gio Urshela. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Oh, I'm starting. Urshela, to... that's such a brutal one. Yeah, um, and he was he was popping off and then gets the COVID. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to catch my injury, which I knew I know I wasn't going to skate all year. Um, and then Pablo Lopez, I, I'm kind of waiting on the timetable a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I might cut him this weekend. Unfortunately, I'm very, I'm, I'm oh man, that's, that one's a, just a huge bummer for me too. Yeah, that, so that much Pablo. Uh, but yeah, that, I think there's some people who could, I'm not saying like he's a, I'm not saying Michaelis is like a major go get target, but when we're turning over every rock, this is somebody who won't cost you anything either. He's rostered in 0% of leagues. Even if he goes and has a rehab on Saturday, I don't think he's going to be some expensive guy on Sunday bids. So I don't know. if I feel like if you can stash, I'm interested. I'll say that. I would put $5 or fewer in a 15-team mixer or NL only, and that's that's where I'm at with him right now with Michaelis. Yeah, I want, I want to see some rehab stats before I'm willing to even – do that to be honest okay. i i, I want to okay. see like okay like does he go out in his first rehab and and throw one 
inning. You know, yeah. Uh, like, how long is this rehab going to be? I mean, he hasn't pitched since since May. Um, I yeah, I, I want I want to see something, especially a guy who doesn't like offer extreme upside to begin with. Like, there's just very very few strikeouts. Uh, he's you know he's one of those guys that really needs to volume his way to strikeouts. Yeah, you, you need the no, innings from there's, him. There's no volume left. Like, it's we're 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 going to be running up on the last you know eight weeks well, of the season. It could still be volume for the remainder of the season if he's going six, seven innings consistently too. And I think that the Cardinals are gonna they're gonna need Michaelis. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not completely dismissing him. I'm definitely putting him on my watch list and I mean, uh and, and keeping an eye. Like where are the Cardinals? The Cardinals could be sellers. Mm, I don't think they will be though. team. I know, but I don't I don't know if they team will in the NL is a better team and you know i mean they're they're only what like one game out of of the second exactly. wild card oh wait no yeah, well, no, no no they're not no because actually the that's Padres. the top part I, I yeah yeah no they could be sellers this could be a team that sells i think i think they'll tread like who are they going to sell like, uh, small ancillary pieces but i don't know that they i don't know that they uh, have uh major pieces that they can they're yeah, not going to so move think... wayne right um i think they'll just ride it out uh but they might not be big buyers is is more to the point that you're trying to make which yeah. i i understand that yeah, so we'll see what think happens they with can them. sell anybody can they but, but if they get flaherty and michaelis back that really changes the dynamic of their rotation wayno's been good uh kim's solid and then all of a sudden maybe they're they're working with something get catching the brewers will not be easy though and obviously that second wild card won't either they're basically chasing the same thing um because the brewers and Padres have similar records, so I think it's like eight and a half, nine games. Uh, either way, you slice it. Let's yep. talk Jock Peterson. He got traded to Atlanta. This did happen a little bit ago, but neither of us have discussed it on a pod. And you know, he's he's leading off with them. And I guess I just want to determine your level of interest with Jock Peterson. He's a name, so when he was traded, everyone's like, "Oh wow, you know, the, the big trade." And it, it, it it's. It's a sizable trade to a degree, but we kind of know what he is. He's kind of that all-or-nothing power guy who, again, is benefiting from the batting averages coming down because now his 237 does not sting as much. He has 12 homers. I think he has a couple with Atlanta – or just one. He had one in uh, his first game with them. Is Peterson somebody that you're running out and getting, or did you go get him this weekend uh, with with the news that he's going to be leading off for a quality team now? This is funny because – before I left on vacation, you and I had, I think, an off-air chat about, like, the weird splits that Peterson's having this year. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, he, he's a guy who's a career 207 uh, hitter against left-handed pitching. And this year is hitting 292. Imagine what his average would be without that. Lefties. Uh, but it's because he's running a 383 BABIP against lefties. Exactly. Um, it's... Uh, so I mean, it's very unsustainable. Yeah, his batting average would not be in good shape. He's in two nineteen versus versus righties. He's probably gonna play every day. He's definitely not gonna lead off. I don't think against lefties, but um, against righties he could, and that's a really good park to hit in mm-hmm. uh, with a short perch uh, there. So uh, for 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 left-handed hitters. So but, by the way, just to interrupt you, sorry. The weekend games were both against lefties, and he let off in both. Really. I, that surprised me too. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. They're um, keeping Albies in that four spot. I thought they would maybe flip them. Yeah, that's what I would do. I, I would flip 
Albies and, and and Peterson versus well, I guess when he's running hot, you just let him run, right? True, um, true. And and the numbers you just stated. I mean, I the Braves they're they're analytical. They know that the three eighty three Babbitt isn't gonna last. But you might as well ride it while it's going yeah. and see what he's got there. And uh did hit a homer against a lefty. So hey, we'll 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 see what's up with him. But um he was starting to become a lot more available. And obviously that changed this weekend. So I think he's only available in, in much shallower leagues now. But is Peterson someone that you'd go get? Do you see him as at least a reserve in the three outfielder league? Or is he still somebody that you're not really going for? Uh, I think he can be a reserve. Uh, I mean, he's, you know, as much as that lineup has taken a, a ton of hits, it's still a really good top half of the lineup. Uh, yeah, especially the top end. Exactly. Uh, and you know when you uh when you're going to be scoring runs the the power is going to be there for for Peterson uh in Atlanta uh mm-hmm. like i said with that with that short porch he's even chipped in a couple stolen bases though he's i think 2 for 5 or something like that uh on the base paths uh yeah 2 for 5 on the base paths <laughs> uh so uh i mean he could he could score a ton of runs rest of the way which is a really underappreciated stat uh in fantasy Agreed. Uh, so yeah, I, I like Peterson a lot. I think he, I think he is rosterable in every format. I think so too. Um, I think because when he's hot, when he's hot, he's untouchable, especially against righties. But again, this year he's spiking pretty well against lefties, and we'll see Just, if he can continue it. Like, do they hate Drew Waters or something, or is he really Bro. struggling in in the minors? I, I, they just like they've had ample opportunities. You would think to to give him an oppor- to give him a shot there, and he just hasn't. I mean, he's been fine at AAA. Not Five special. home runs, sixteen stolen bases. He's striking out thirty three percent of the time. There you go. That, so. That's why, and that's like uh, that's the Joe Adele thing. Mm-hmm. Joe Adele's been even better, but he's still striking out so much. And they've they've said until that comes down, we don't want to put him back in the majors. And, and I, I totally get that. That's. Uh, because that's not gonna. He's striking out. Adele is thirty percent in AAA. Yeah. Waters is thirty three percent. It's not gonna work in the majors if you're striking out that much. It's just not. Uh, all right. Last thing. Nelson Cruz is drawing trade interest, and I think you and I will do a trade preview pod at some point here soon, mm-hmm. as we head into the deadline. But I wanted to bring that up because that would be interesting. And then I wanted to use that as a jump off about the the Twins kind of like full selling. Uh, including yeah. the aforementioned Jose Barrios and maybe Josh Donaldson. and There was a report Toronto. that they could trade Buxton if he doesn't sign a long-term deal with them. That's nuts, dude. That would be nuts. So obviously Cruz would be great, you know, getting him on a better team. I mean, he's great as is. I, I wouldn't be upset if he stays in Minnesota. But obviously if he goes to a contending team, we'd love to see that. But again, my bigger question is, what do you think the Twins have – like some real sell-off abilities here, because I mentioned on that pod where I was recommending Barrios that he could be a trade candidate, and they could get a mint for him because he's mm-hmm. he's, um, he's got, got another team year, control yeah, another beyond year control. this year. Yeah. So what do, what do you think about the Twins' situation right now? Um, I mean, they could definitely they could sell off a ton, and it not really affect them a ton long term. Yeah, because they got old pieces. Um, yeah, uh, and a lot of these pieces are free agents either at the end of this year or at the end of next year. So, like, they could sell off guys like Kepler uh, and Cruz and Donaldson uh, and, uh, you know, Simmons and 
um, Barrios, Pineda, Maeda, maybe even Garver. The aforementioned Garver. You know, they have Jeffers, mm-hmm. uh, who they they like defensively quite a bit. Garver's kind of respiked his value. So I think he's a potential. And then they can just kind of go with a youth movement with a rise and Kirilov so and crazy. Marno. They were such a they, – they weren't even a dark horse to win this division. Like They were a favorite of some They were people. a contender, yeah, yeah with, of, the, of with some, the White Sox. Yeah, so it's uh, a bit surprising that it's gone this bad. Uh, that they're at this at this point, but I, you know, especially a team like the Twins who are never going to spend the kind of money that other teams uh, in the American League, especially, are willing to spend. Uh, you know, sometimes you're gonna if you, if you don't make it, you're gonna have to make moves like this. So I, I would actually be very surprised if we don't see a lot of these guys get moved. Um, I think they should consider because I think they can make. So many moves. I, I, again, I believe it's a seller's market, mm-hmm. and they could be positioning themselves among the top end there. They have a premium starter in Barrios, a premium reliever in Rogers, premium hitter in Cruz. Just those three alone, you would yeah, think, I don't could know net what them. Cruz gets you, though, because there's such a limited market for him not being able to DH in the National League. I like, think it depends how you do it. Which team is, is, is looking for Nelson Cruz right now? Tampa Bay. Yeah, I guess the Rays would be. And anytime you're dipping into their farm system, you're, you're happy. it's a rental. We know rentals, mm-hmm. especially a 41-year-old, is not going to draw the world. Can, can I what, give you a landing spot that would just be so sweet? Let's hear it. Toronto. Oh, God. that would, I mean, that would be completely golden. And what if you can throw in a Taylor Rod? Not throw in, but like what if it's Cruz and Rogers for something substantial? What if it's a big piece? What if it's Maeda? Or Barrios, uh, even Cruz. better, um, even better. I think, and they throw in, you know, because this is. A, I think, I think they're. I think Toronto's a team that really wants to make a playoff push here. A- absolutely, especially with the reports that uh, Roger Center could be playable here, uh, pretty soon. So, soon. yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, they could even be interested in a guy like Garver with her. You know, with Danny Jansen just not panning out and. Uh, uh, the way Jan- they kind of expected. Jansen McGuire. They do have Kirk kind of waiting, but he's not a great catcher defensively, but mm-hmm. I, I guess neither is Garver. But I, I do think those teams are a match. Like everything that the Twins have to sell, I think the 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 Jays could use. And, oh, my God, it would just be so filthy <laughs> to get Cruz. Uh, it would give them a little bit of a surplus to where, like, somebody like Grichuk or Gurriel is not necessarily playing every day, which would hurt for fantasy, but they don't care about fantasy. They're just they're just trying to have a stacked-ass team, yeah. and that would that would be nuts. The only downside of that that I would push back on is it would be another righty. If Cruz was a lefty, I think it would be an even better fit. But, but they're I mean, not going to turn cares? out a great I mean, Cruz, bat. Oh, yeah, Cruz no. hits everyone. A great bat's a great bat. I mean, the and, A's um, could be interested in Cruz, I guess. Yes, I do think the A's have a big move in them. I've been I've been talking up the the story possibility as a rental because I do think that that fits them very well. And Elvis Andrews is terrible. Why are they still batting him second? Um, I think that amazing. fits them. Stop it. <laughs> I think that fits them very well. But I also think the Cruz piece makes a lot of sense for them too. So we'll see what happens there. Um, let's let's finish with one thing here let's just play let's just play a quick game of holder fold here with two of these guys the top two we'll put the rest on thursday uh because i I was kind of blown away by some of the roster rates for these guys and the first guy i want to talk about 
pulled her fold on Ryan McMahon. And normally you'd be like, well, what are you talking about, dude? He's having a great season. He's in Colorado. You're nuts. First 49 games. He was fantastic. 258, 306, 527 with 13 homers, 37 ribbies, 33 runs. The pace for that was 43, 103, 110, like dream season. His last 40 games, he has a 733 OPS with three homers. His pace is a 13 homer, 69 run, or excuse me, 69 RBI, 82 run pace. And he has a 366 BABIP during that time. So it's not like he's just hit a BABIP lull. Um, he only has 15 game, 15 road games during that lull too. So it's not like he's just hit a, hit a bad road streak. He has a heavy platoon split where he's crushing right. Well, he's doing well against righties and poorly against lefties. But he's 100% rostered in the OC and the TGFBI. And I wonder, are you going to hold or fold Ryan McMahon? I, I think you got to hold him. I mean, he, he he has shown the ability to to be a very very good player uh, when things are going well. He's still only twenty six. He's triple eligible. He plays in Colorado. I think you got to hold him. He's never been good though. I mean, he's been good this year. He's been fine. Like he, he has a one hundred four OPS plus, which I, and I, I let me be clear because I don't want to contradict myself. I don't love OPS plus and WRC plus with Rockies. I think it punishes them way too much. In fact, he has a 96 WRC plus. WRC plus really punishes Rockies, I think, too much. But it's a 792 OPS, which is fine, but it's 27% strikeout, 8% walk. I, I don't think you have to hold him. I really don't. I don't now, think you I, have to, but I think he should be rostered. His triple eligibility is huge, especially in this season. We were just talking about uh, whoever it was that's triple L. Oh, Josh Harrison. Like, why isn't yeah. he rostered in more leagues? Um, so, like, I I get where you're what you're saying. He's still been a top hundred player according to the, to the Raswell Player Raider. But it's really built on those first forty nine games. Okay, he's still like. I mean, would you rather? I mean, like, what 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 depth of league are we talking here? Are we talking twelves because I think that's most common. I think twelves. He definitely does not need to be a hundred percent rostered for McMahon. All right. Well, that, that's 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 where I'm really at right now. Fifteens, I get it, especially with injuries. But I'm going to go to our uh, OC league, and I'm going to okay. give you some options on uh, who should be uh, who who you would drop. And let Four. me just tell you this before uh, while you're doing this. He's 96% at ESPN too. That's that's too high. Because mm-hmm. they don't even use corner and middle, I don't believe. Yeah. No, they do. Yahoo oh, okay. doesn't. Uh, okay, pardon, ESPN pardon. uses regular uh, rosters. Um, okay. There's actually some interesting names here. So would you rather have Ryan McMahon or teammate Brendan Rogers? Though he's 96% owned the OC. He's just for some reason not owned in ours. I'm I'm a I'm a Rogers honk. I think I would make that 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 swap there but they're they're kind of one in the same mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe i would just stand pat because i'll take my triple eligible guy all right i i know which way you're going on this one but pavin smith is 62 <laughs> percent <laughs> and he shouldn't be but you're gonna take pavin smith right i kind of have to for the meme right yeah i think, think you do eight home but runs I, so far this season stolen base 261 I'm not just doing it for the meme though. My, my my point is just that McMahon has never really been that good, and he had a nice little 40 game run to start the season this year, or 49 game run. 
It just hasn't been that impressive. I would take Smith. Yes, he's got infield, outfield eligibility. What about the aforementioned Josh Harrison? I think they're really close. Much closer than I would have thought. I think it depends on what your team needs. If you need power, you're you're going McMahon just because the power upside is so much greater. But if you need batting average, I think that there's a lot of reason to go get Harrison. Yeah, and and that's kind of like... But my whole point of of bringing him up here is just to at least consider it because I just don't know why he's – I think people have just kind of set it and forget it with with McMahon. I think that's part of the problem is that they're not paying as much attention. Um, Like I'll tell you what. I'd rather have Gavin Sheets. Really? I'd rather have Lamonte Lamonte Wade Jr. Yeah. That I can agree there on either of those guys. Uh, I mean, Sheets. I think in the short term you can make those arguments. If you're looking towards the end of the season or, or for the totality of the rest of the season, I think it becomes harder to see the paths to playing time for both of those guys uh, in September. You don't um, think y'all y'all are going to keep playing Wade the way he's performing? I think they're going to play whoever is hot in the moment and uh, there's going, they're, they're going to get Lestella back. They're going to get, because Lestella is going on, I think a rehab assignment either maybe, maybe even as early as today, uh, mm-hmm. but sometime this week, Longoria is going to be back that you're going to start seeing some playing time crunches and um, Wade could get sent back down because they've got, a f- uh, they've just got so many guys who are out of options that they don't want to be rid brutal, of. man. He has a one thirty one WRC I, plus, I know, but they, they like, they sent him down before. He only came back because someone got hurt. Because uh, Belt, Belt. Got, Belt got hurt. They sent him down before. Belt's working his way back. Longoria's working his way back. Um, uh, uh, Lestella's working his way back. Like these, like he wait, wait over Duggar. Or not, not Duggar. Wait over Dickerson. I he agree. Like I mean, they Dickerson. should. To me, they should be willing to just DFA certain guys. Like, well, Ta- Talkman you know, doesn't need. Can we stop love, with the Mike Talkman thing? They love him. Like, Can we stop? He's a really good defender, too. Um, two. You say two as if he has other skills. He's a good defender. Stop. He's That's also a really good meme. Yeah, he's... Sorry, Alex. He's not good at baseball, and that's <laughs> that's a problem. Um, so can we stop with him? But yeah, I you know, and I know that uh, with Robert and Jimenez coming back, but I think Sheets can play his way. You know, I think it, Sheets it, has the better chance of, which seems weird for me to say, considering how good Wade has been. I think Sheets has the better chance of finding long term playing time because, I mean, Vaughn has not been great, and uh, well, no, yeah. I think that I think. They DFA'd Adam Eaton. Yeah, you can keep playing Vaughn and then Sheets. Um, oh, that's uh, good. Your Mercedes and Robert. is gone, so like they can. Yeah, they go in for Angle and Goodwin, respectively. Robert and Jimenez do. Mm-hmm. And then Sheets is still there, as long as he's performing. And mm-hmm. I know Goodwin's been solid, but he goes to the bench. I mean, he's a he's a fourth outfielder type. So I don't know. I my bottom line, McMahon is over rostered. I think uh, people are are not paying attention to what he's doing. He's a Rocky. And so I get, you want to have Rockies, but he's never really been good. And, and we thought that this year was like the full breakout, but it's not, it was a hot start. And if he continues down this path, then his bottom line is going to look a lot like the last two seasons for McMahon. And that's not very impressive. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. 
Gavin Lux is the other one. Mentioned that he's on the IL now, so that that colors things a little bit. That does make him an easier cut, I think, um, if you do want to fold with him. He's just not very good right now. 227, 307, 349 with six homers, three steals. He has the hamstring issue that put him on the IL. He's 83% in the OC, 98% in TGFBI. Hold or fold Gavin Lux? I think with the injury, you can fold. Um. He was so brutal in the month of June. Jeez. Yeah. Like, he was so good in the month of May. And you were like, here it is. It's finally happening. This I is, so this is the, the luxening. <laughs> we're finally getting the luxening. And uh, no, not, not, not uh, quite yet. We might have we preemptively called it. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be another one of those guys who just uh, is going to be like one of those under-the-radar player, trendy sleeper dudes yeah for next I'll, year i'll keep trying I like will I, I'll, I'll keep buying in but as far as this year goes i i don't have any problems cutting him i'd cut him in a 15 if the right player was available i think you can um i haven't seen like how long they expect him to be out for it but his hamstring injury has been a real problem for for players mm-hmm. this year so uh I, I i don't have an issue just moving on especially if you need that roster spot he's he's got to figure out some things against lefties sitting 143 against left-handed pitching oh. this year uh which is just brutal uh, and on a team where you're going to where, where they're looking for every competitive uh edge and they have a ton of depth you just can't exactly be bad against uh one side so justin justin that's actually an improvement his 143 oh, really? he's a career 130 Oh, he is unplayable against lefties. Gavin Lux is 132-14, yeah. for his career. Now, it's 103 plate appearances, but it's so bad. Uh, you know, 180 Babip, I'll, I'll give him a little leeway, but it's really freaking bad. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of cutting him. In, uh, I think you've got to cut him. I, th- I, think you, I think you should cut him in yes. just about every format other than NL only uh, or or Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. Obviously, you're holding him in those, in those leagues. Um I, I will say in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues, he, he'd be a guy that I'd still be trying to go buy on. He'd uh, be super cheap. And the Dodgers believe in him. When he was struggling, I mean, he hit 179 out of the gate uh, in 61 plate appearances in, in April. Uh, mm-hmm. The Dodgers kept putting him back in the lineup. Uh, they, they, they do believe in his talent. They have, they've made him unavailable in trades. They're not willing to move him. Uh, I, I think he is going to develop into a really good player as long as he can figure out the lefty, uh, figure out lefties. Something, yeah, figure out something yeah, if against. He, if them he could just yeah be league average against lefties, then he's going to be a really really good player. So, uh, I, I would be trying to buy low on him in on redraft or uh, on keeper and dynasty, but in redrafts, I think you can cut bait. Yep, I, I think I agree with all that with regards to Lux. Um, and you know, see what's available to determine whether or not you really think you should keep uh, Ryan McMahon too. And I, I just wanted to highlight the fact that he hasn't been that good since the fast start, and he hasn't really been good in his career either. So um, on Thursday, we'll put some guys in focus, play a little bit more hold and fold, and talk about the news as well. But Justin, great to have you back. Good talking with you, and I'll talk to you later this week. Take it easy.